Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Monique, Wendy Williams, Gina Carano, Candy Burris, Usher, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. I always have to be so good, no one could ignore me. Carve my path with data and drive. But some people only see who I am on paper. The paper ceiling, the limitations from degree screens to stereotypes that are holding back over 70 million stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time for skills to speak for themselves. Find resources for breaking through barriers at tailorpaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Um, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. When your kid can't find the language, find the lyrics. Start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. Tell me what you think. The call-in number is 347 637 2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash That's Entertainment Radio. Follow us on X at That's Entertain 1. That's P-H-A-T-S Entertain and the number 1. You can also follow me on X at Stiletto 14. Stiletto, like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O. And the number 14, you can also follow me on the gram at T. Jones Gibbs. That's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a clear 43 degrees. Uh, Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out to all my listeners out there. Thank you for once again for hanging out with me and joining me here on Block Talk Radio. So how has your week been so far? You know, this is February, and as every February, we always talk about Black History Month. But as far as I'm concerned, every month is Black History. And this week, we're going to be talking about Charles L.S. Baker. He was an American inventor who patented the friction heater. Since we're in the middle part of winter and it's cold around the country, what a perfect example to talk about him. Also, make sure you tune in this Saturday, February 10th, for my annual Valentine's Day show. It's the only show of the year where I do a full music show with some of my favorite recording artists to celebrate Lover's Holiday. So don't, if you don't have any plans and you just want to hang out or you want to uh, have nothing to do, keep me company. It's going to be Saturday, February 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Block Talk Radio. Uh, This week we're going to be talking about Monique. She gave a bombshell interview with uh, Club at Club Shay Shay's podcast, where she talks about when she's doing shots, giving shots at uh, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, and Oprah Winfrey. I'll tell you what she said during that interview. Also. Uh, remember talk show host Wendy Williams? Well, she has reemerged into the public view and in, um, in a uh, emotional new trailer for her upcoming Lifetime documentary. Actress Gina Carano is suing Lucasfilm and the parent company of Walt Disney over her 2021 firing from The Mandalorian. I'll tell you what that was uh, that's about. And uh, Candy Burris is letting go of her peach. She has just revealed that she will not be returning for the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And Usher 
just posted on his uh, social media that he is getting ready to uh, do a concert. He's going on tour, but he just added 17 new shows in selected cities for his past, present, future tour. And that's just the beginning. Also, Selena, remember uh, Selena Quintanilla? Well, apparently there's an upcoming docuseries where it just came out where her father, Abraham, is not happy. Uh, It's going to be an upcoming docuseries on oxygen, and it talks about the night that Selena got killed, and they also talk with her alleged, uh, the president of her former fan club and the woman who end up murdering her. So he's not too happy about it. And uh, we just lost another living legend, uh, Mr. Henry Fambrow. He was one of the original vocalists for the R&B group, The Spinners. He just passed away. Unfortunately, I forgot to mention last week, we just lost several uh, uh, celebrities uh, in this year, 2024, the start of the year, uh, Cheetah Rivera, the dancer, singer, actress, we lost her at the age of 91. She had uh, suffered a brief illness. Uh, actor Carl Weather, who you know him for the uh, as the character Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films, he passed away last week peacefully in his sleep at the age of 76. Uh, country star Toby Keith, uh, he just recently passed away a couple of days ago at the age of 62 from stomach cancer. And, uh, again, original vocalist for the R&B group The Spinners, Henry Fambrow, uh, he passed away of natural causes at the age of 85, but we'll be talking about him later. So let's get started. Uh, Monique held, oh, and by the way, we're gonna, the Black History segment will be in a few minutes. We're going to be talking about uh, the uh, inventor of the friction heater, uh, Mr. Charles L.S. Baker. Okay, Monique held nothing back as she went off on several A-list comedians and spoke further about some ongoing feud in a scathing new podcast interview. The Oscar winner Precious Star appeared Wednesday on the Club Shay Shay podcast where she took shots at Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, and Oprah Winfrey. Throughout the interview, she also argued she had not received the same opportunities in Hollywood as she would if she were white and that she had been effectively blackballed for prior comments she had made along these same lines. Um, She told host Shannon Sharp about uh, that if she was white, if she was a white woman and her name was Melissa McCarthy, uh, she would have had a five-year sitcom in syndication, and the opportunities are just not the same. The comedian who settled a discrimination lawsuit against Netflix in 2022 starred on the sitcom The Parkers, while McCarthy starred on Mike and Molly. At one point in the wide-ranging three-hour conversation, Monique slammed comedian Tiffany Haddish for a 2018 remark uh, the Girl Trip star made about her husband, Sidney Hicks, who is also her manager. In the interview with GQ at the time, Haddish discussed that Monique called her for a boycott of Netflix by saying, quote, my business runs different than her business. That's what Tiffany Haddish said. She said, I don't live her life, referring to Monique. I don't have that husband of hers, unquote. Now, Monique fired back saying, quote, when I saw that, it's like, Tiffany, if you had a husband like mine, you may not have two DUIs. If you had a husband like mine, you may not be caught up in what looks like you could have been grooming a child, unquote. Haddish was arrested for DUI for the second time in two years in November, which came after she was named in a lawsuit alleging sexual battery, sexual harassment, and sexual abuse of a minor in 2022. The allegations stem from a sketch that Haddish said was intended to be comedic but wasn't funny at all. Haddish also added that she deeply regret having agreed to act in it, and the lawsuit was later dismissed at the plaintiff's request. Another target in Monique's interview was Kevin Hart. She alleged that after appearing on the Comedian podcast, Hart offered to partner with her to executive produce any project she wanted, but Monique claimed that when she tried to take him up on this, she learned that Hart's manager was allegedly making it known that Hart actually didn't want anything to do with her. According to Monique, Hart blamed a miscommunication, but she never heard from him again in the two years since. 
Monique did, however, give Hart proper credit for writing her family a check when they were up against the wall. Monique also, again, went into her year-old feud with Oprah Winfrey, who in 2010 uh, invited, like, members of her estranged family on her talk show. And that's when Monique said about Oprah Winfrey saying that she had betrayed her. Uh, She said that family is sacred and we don't cross the line with family. What she was referring to is when the former talk show host had her brother uh, Gerald Imus as a guest on the show to apologize for sexual abusing her during their childhood. And Monique explained that Oprah called to tell her that Gerald, 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 I'm sorry, Gerald Imus asked her to be on the Oprah Winfrey show and even wanted to apologize to Monique for what he did to her, but she, but she just had just won an Oscar for her performance in Precious at the time and said she didn't want anything to do with her brother or the interview. Oprah then allegedly offered to squash the episode idea altogether, which Monique encouraged her not to do in the hopes that her brother had changed or had some positive lesson to share. But it wasn't until commercials for the interview began airing that she realized her entire family, her parents, and her other brother were also invited for the sit-down conversation. Uh, Monique's podcast appearance came right after Cat Williams appeared on the Club Shay Shay podcast in January, where he similarly, similarly went off on a laundry list of names from Cedric the Entertainer to Steve Harvey. Uh, Wendy Williams has reemerged into public view in an emotional new trailer for her upcoming Lifetime documentary, Where is Wendy Williams? The trailer showed the beloved former talk show host tearfully struggling with health issues amid her family and friends striving to offer their support. The footage is often difficult to watch as Williams has clearly suffered mentally and physically. At one point, uh, an unseen man asked if she drank the bottle of what appeared to be liquor, and Williams ordered him to keep the bottle there. The documentary has has had unparalleled access to Williams and her family for nearly two years. Now, Williams was a syndicated daytime talk show queen for 12 years until the Wendy Williams show was canceled due to her health issues. She first sparked fear for her health in 2017 when she fainted live on air. She previously spoke openly about ongoing issues with substance abuse, and in 2022, the Hollywood Reporter extensively reported on Williams' behind-the-scenes struggles on the show. The four-and-a-half-hour, two-night documentary, Where Where is Wendy Williams, will debut Saturday and Sunday, February 24th and 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern. On the Friday night prior, uh, Lifetime will encourage the biopic Wendy Williams, Will uh, will be I'm sorry. There will be an encore uh, showing of the biopic Wendy Williams, the movie, and her 2021 documentary Wendy Williams. What a mess! And uh, actress Gina Carano on Tuesday sued Lucasfilm and his parents, the Walt Disney Company, over her 2021 firing from The Mandalorian, saying she was let go for expressing white right wing views on social media. The lawsuit Carano. Carano filed with help from X, formerly Twitter, and federal court in California alleges her wrongful termination from the Star Wars Galaxy Disney Plus streaming series after two seasons of opposed liking the treatment of American conservatives to the treatment of Jews in Nazi Germany. The lawsuit alleged she was fired because she dared voice her own opinion against an online bully mob who demanded her compliance with their extreme progressive ideology. Disney and Lucasfilm have not filed a response to the lawsuit, and representatives did not immediately respond to an email requesting comment. A Lucasfilm statement at the time of her firing said her social media posted uh, uh, degrading people uh, based on their cultural and religious identities, are abhorrent and unacceptable. Uh, Carano is seeking damages to be determined at trial and a court order that she that she be recast on the show. The Mandalorian starring Pedro Pascal has aired for three seasons and is now being turned into a feature film. Several interconnected series also aired on Disney+. Plus. The lawsuit says Lucasfilm also hurt her future work prospect by making malicious false statements about her. 
Carano, a former mixed martial artist who played the recurring character Cara Dune on the bounty hunter tale The Mandalorian, deleted the post, but it was widely shared online and spurred a trending hashtag, FireGinaCarano hashtag. Carano has previously been criticized for social media posts that mock mask wearings during the pandemic and made false allegations of voter fraud during the 2020 presidential election. She also mocked the use of gender pronouns and profile listing beep bop beep boop in her social media bio. She said that this was not about mocking trans people but a Star Wars reference to R2-D2 and the lawsuit called it a playful way to diffuse all the harassment she had received but she alleged the issue led to the company harassing her. The lawsuit says that uh, Carano willingly took part in Zoom meetings with leaders of the LGBTQ plus groups at the company behest with very positive results, but that Lucasfilm demanded a public apology in which she admitted to mocking or insulting an entire group of people, which Carano has never done, and subjected her to other harassment over the issue. She also said in social media on Tuesday that X had helped fund the lawsuit. X owner Elon Musk shared her past, adding that anyone else who felt they had been wronged by the company should let us know if you would like to join the lawsuit against Disney. Right now we got 17 minutes after the hour. This is February, and this is Black History Month. And this week we're going to be talking about Charles L.S. Baker, an American inventor who patented the friction heater. He was born into slavery on August 3, 1859 in Savannah, Missouri. His mother, uh, Betsy, died when he was about three months old, leaving him to be brought up by the wife of his owner, Sally Mackay, and his father, Abraham Baker. He was the youngest of five children. Uh, he was later uh, received uh, an, an education at Franklin College. His father was employed as an express agent, and once Baker turned 15, he became his assistant. Uh, Baker worked with wagons and uh, linchpins, and he sparked an interest in mechanic, mechanical sciences. Baker worked over the span of a decade on his project, attempting several different forms of friction, including rubbing two bricks together mechanically, as well as using various types of metals. After 23 years, his invention was perfected in the form of two metal cylinders, one inside of the other with a spinning core in the center made of wood that produced the friction. Baker started a business with several other men to manufacture heater. The Friction Heat and Boiling Company was established in 1904 in St. Joseph with Baker on the board of directors. The company worked up to 136000 in capital, equal to nearly $4 million in 2018 dollars. Mr. Baker claimed that the particular mode of power used in creating the friction is not essential. It may be wind, water, gasoline, or any source of energy. The most difficult part of the inventor's assertion to prove is that his system will light or heat a house at about half the cost of methods now in use. Baker died of pneumonia on May 5, 1926, in St. Joseph, Missouri. And that is our Black History Moment, Mr. Charles S.L. Baker, the inventor who patented the friction heater. Candace Burris is letting go of her peach. The Bravo personality revealed while attending the 2024 Grammy Awards that she wouldn't return for the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta after 14 seasons. Candy added a friend question played a part in her decision to exit the show. She said that her friend asked her why does she keep doing it. And she was like, well, I think because I've just been doing it for so long, it feels weird to think not to do it. After concluding its season 15 in September of 2023, The Real Housewives of Atlanta has been on a filming hiatus. It's also reported that the producers are seeking a cash shakeup. In addition to Candy, the last season star Kenya Moore, Cherie uh, uh, Whitfield, Drew Sedora, Sanya Richard Ross, and Marlo Hampton. Due to an overwhelming demand, Usher has added 17 new shows in selected cities to his upcoming Past, Present, Future tour. Fans in New York City, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Chicago, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Detroit, 
Dallas, Austin, Miami, Charlotte, and St. Louis will be thrilled to make the discovery just as pre-sale tickets become available for purchase. Live Nation has also confirmed that dates for additional regions across the globe will be announced soon. Tickets for the newly added dates will be available through City and Verizon starting today. At uh, matter of fact, it started at 10 a.m. this morning. General on sales begins on Monday, February 12th at 10 a.m. local time. And VIP packages, including meet and greets, entry into a pre-show VIP lounge, and a special gift will also be up for grabs. The North American leg will still commence on August 20th, but will now wrap up on uh, August 31st. The tour was first teased back in September. And so Selena Quintanilla, father, Abraham, is not happy with Oxygen's upcoming docuseries. According to TMZ, Abraham and the Quintanilla family are outraged by Oxygen's Selena and Yolanda, the secret between them series. He claimed that they had nothing to do with the project. Uh, Abraham also asserted that he and his family don't want to be associated with the series of his daughter's killer, Yolanda Saldivar. Abraham alleged that anything she says regarding new details is wholly fabricated, and the public knows it. However, the outlet reported that Mr. Quintanilla was curious about what new information Saldivar thinks she has to share. A trailer for the Oxygen, Selena, and Yolanda, The Secret Between Them, was released on Sunday, February 4th. The network true crime series followed Yolanda Saldivar and alleged new details surrounding Selena's death. A trailer for the series doesn't show new information that hasn't been covered legally. However, Yolanda and the Saldivar family insist that there are secrets surrounding Selena's untimely death and that people deserve to know the truth. The killer also expressed that the shooting wasn't a simple murder. Oxygen New docuseries plans to get, the heart, get to the heart of the secret between the two women. The network claimed that the family provide information regarding the tragedy that has never been revealed. Selena and Yolanda, The Secret Between Them, is scheduled to premiere on Saturday, February 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern. A second episode will air on Sunday, uh, February 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Oxygen True Crime. And Henry Fambrow, most famously known as one of the original vocalists for R&B group The Spinners, has died. His spokesperson shared in a statement with the Associated Press announcing the singer died peacefully on Wednesday at the age of 85 of natural causes at his home in Northern Virginia. Fambrow has been the last surviving original members of The Spinners, which he co-founded in 1954. The group created hits such as Could It Be, I'm Falling in Love, It's a Shame, I'll Be Around, and Then Came You with Dionne Warwick. He made several appearances last year, including taking a tour of Motown Studio A in Detroit in May, which included outfits donated by the group. His final public appearance was in November when he attended an event alongside fellow member John Edwards as the Spinners was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Fanbrow was born in Detroit in 1938 and formed the Spinners in 1954 along singer Purvis Jackson. Uh, Billy Henderson, Bobby Smith, and C.P. Spencer. The group signed on to Tri-5 Records, which eventually became a part of Motown Records. The group spent a decade under the record company and released the 1970 hit, It's a Shame, before moving on to Atlantic Records a year later. Under Atlantic Records producer Tom Bell, they released hits like I'll Be Around, Could I Be, I'm Falling in Love, Games People Play, and The Rubber Band Man. They earned six Grammy Award nominations and 18 platinum and gold albums throughout the span of their career for their music. Fan Brown stayed with the group of singing baritone until his retirement in April of 2023. A fan Brown is survived by his wife of 52 years, Norma, and their daughter, Heather. Uh, right now, uh, let's see here. We got 25 minutes after the hour. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, Taraji P. Henson. She's stepping back into the publishing world, this time with a children's book with an empowering message. 
Also, Days of Our Lives star Ariane Zucker has filed a lawsuit claiming she and others were sexually harassed by the show co-executive producer. Uh, WeTV has announced the return of the Braxton family after a three-year hiatus from the small screen. Uh, Now the quintet, Tony, Tamar, Tawanda, and Trina, and Miss Evelyn will reunite on the network to offer an inside scoop of what they've been up to as a unit and and as individuals. And iconic Spanish singer Julio Iglesias has teamed up with Netflix to develop a series about his life and career. All those stories coming up in the half hour, so don't you go anywhere.
Taps Entertainment, your number one source for entertainment news and pop culture with me, your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on blogtalkradio.com. here 29 minutes left remaining in the show that was new music from j-lo featuring lotto and can't get enough before we went to the music break i was telling you that taraji p henson is stepping back into the publishing world this time with a children's book with an empowering message the oscar-nominated actress and mental health advocate told people magazine exclusively that her new children's book you can be a good friend no matter what will be published this year by Zonder Kids, an imprint of HarperCollins. The book will come out on June 18, 2024. Henson has been vocal about her own mental health struggles in the past. Her Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation aims to dismantle the stigma around mental health in the black community. And with this new book, she's aiming to help children who may be experiencing bullying because they, they are uniquely themselves. With her new kids' book, Henson is hoping to empower kids to be kind to one another and deal with their own anxieties. She intends her new book to promote mental wellness and kids' socialization skills as well as the importance of standing in their own uniqueness and choosing friendship over bullying. Henson recently starred in The Color Purple and also appeared in the award-winning film The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Hidden Figures and on shows like Abbott Elementary and Empire. She published her memoir, Around the Way Girl, in 2017. Days of Our Lives star Ariane Zucker has filed a lawsuit claiming she and others were sexually harassed by the show co-executive producer Albert Alar. Zucker played Nicole Walker on the NBC daytime soap opera for more than 25 years until her character was written off the show last year. Her lawsuit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court on Wednesday alleged Alar, who exited the show last summer amid a misconduct investigation, exclusively, no, excessively filmed aggressive sex scenes and threesome sequences. Per the complaint, he once told Zucker's co-star, believe me, saying, quote, believe me, I love to switch position with you while filming a scene. The suit also claimed that Alar routinely made sexual comments, tightly hugged Zucker and other women, and bullied female employees. Alar would allegedly sit in a booth to watch sex scenes being filmed, often offering direction like, F him like you were younger. That's what the complaint says. Zucker said that she reported the alleged misconduct to the head of the show's production company, Ken Corday, who allegedly declined to address the misconduct after an investigation. She claimed her pay was cut in retaliation for coming forward. Her character was written off the show in June of 2023. The suit claimed Alar was only fired after media reports surfaced regarding her investigation and that Zucker was forced to keep working closely with Alar amid the probe. Alar worked on Days of Alive Lives for 20 years before his departure in August of 2023, which came after a deadline report revealed an internal misconduct investigation by Sony Picture Television showing that he had been accused of creating a toxic work environment. Alar, Carday, and Carday Productions are named in the complaint. And WeTV has announced the return of the Braxton family after a three-year hiatus from the small screen. Now Quintet, Tony, Tamar, Tawanda, Trina, and Miss Evelyn will reunite on the network to offer an inside scoop of what they've been up to as a unit and as individuals. Braxton family value ran for seven seasons before ending in December of 2020. Now the five boss women will pick up where they left off from the last few years to the family present endeavors. The Braxton lost their sister Tracy to cancer in 2020, and in this season they will show how they navigated their grief and went into a new chapter. From never-before-seen moments to life during quarantine, the Braxton also uh, focused on balancing relationship, motherhood, careers, family, and their sisterhood. Matriarch Miss Evelyn also will show how she helped her daughters cope together as they turned their pain into promise and used their pain to power themselves as a family. 
Other highlights that viewers will witness this season are Tony playing her Las Vegas residency with Cedric the Entertainer at the Cosmopolitan, to Wanda balancing business and motherhood as she's now raising her late sister's son, Kevin. Tabar as she navigates her music career, motherhood, love life, and much more. Miss Evelyn even seeks a love interest this time around. As of now, an air date for the Braxton have yet to be revealed, so make sure you stay tuned. Iconic Spanish singer Julio Iglesias has teamed up with Netflix to develop a series about his life and career. The project will be made with the full participation of Iglesias in the creative process for the first time with the 80-year-old promising to share everything about his life and incredible musical trajectory, according to the press release. Currently in development, the series will tell the story of how Julio Iglesias became the first non-English artist to enter the American and Asian markets and turn into a universal star who is among the five biggest record sellers in history. Iglesias didn't set out to become a singer right away. He started in the youth ranks of Real Madrid before an accident ended his football career. Iglesias then turned to music, soon became one, becoming one of the top record sellers in music history. A global superstar, Iglesias has recorded songs in the most in the most languages in the world, and he has been celebrated as the most popular foreign artist in China, Brazil, France, Italy, and more. In 2019, he was honored at the Grammys with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Investigation Discovery has unveiled the trailer for Quiet on Set, The Dark Side of Kids TV, a four-part docuseries revealing the toxic work condition behind children's shows in the 1990s and early 2000s, specifically those from Dan Snyder, the creator of beloved Nickelodeon shows such as iCarly and Zoe 101. The series will premiere across two nights on ID from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern on March 17 and 18. Per a press release, Quiet on Set shed light on an insidious environment rift with allegations of abuse, sexism, racism, and inappropriate dynamics with its underage star and crew, featuring cast members, writers, and crews from Snyder's popular Nickelodeon shows. These include former All That cast members Giovanni Samuels, Kyle Sullivan, Brian Hearn, and Katrina Johnson, and director Virgil Fabian, as well as the, the Amanda Show writer uh, Jenny Kelgen and Christy Stratton. Alexa Nicholas will also share her experience working on Zoe 101. Additional cast and crew from iCarly, Sam and Cat, and Victorious will be featured in the docuseries, as well as Mark Summers of the popular game show Double Dare. Quiet on the set will also offer emotional testimony from cast members' parents who try to advocate for their children on set. Uh, Snyder, who is referred to in the trailer as Nickelodeon's golden boy, helped launch the careers of Josh Peck, Drake Bell, Miranda Cosgrove, Ariana Grande, Jamie Lynn Spears, and more. And in the trailer, interviewees explained that working for Dan was like being in an abusive relationship, detailing various complaint files about the showrunner over the years. Complaint, actually. Um, the series will also shine a spotlight on these emotional accounts, chronicling a pattern of gross, abusive, and manipulative behavior that unfolded across decades, as well as exclusive stories about child predators on set. And by combining the interviews, archival footage, scenes from shows, and social media commentaries, Quiet on the Set will recontextualize moments from Snyder's series. Wow. Uh, UK Broadcast uh, ITV and streamer ITVX will be the next British home for the James Bond films. ITV has struck a deal with Amazon MGM Studios Distribution to make 25 James Bond films available via linear uh, channels and catch up on ITVX. Now, the deal marks the first time that the Bond films have been available via an AVOD streaming platform in the UK. ITV said that each film will be available to ITVX viewers for 30-day post-linear transmission. 
The series will launch March 4th on ITV4 with Goldfinger, followed by On Her Majesty's Secret Service, The Spy Who Loved Me, License to Kill, GoldenEye, and Skyfall over the next week. The deal also includes feature-length documentaries, Everything or Nothing, The Untold Story of 007, and Being James Bond, The Daniel Craig Story. The 25-film collection is scheduled to air multiple times a year on ITV channels. And the Geico Gecko has for years boosted the near ambiguous insurance company advertising. Now Geico is doing something to boost him. Geico on Thursday will unveil Legend of the Lizard, a 15-minute documentary on the character's fictional childhood and origins. That's right, and this is this is true. It's giving consumers new insight into the animated figure that has since two since since two thousand urged TV viewers to make a quick call to get various kinds of insurance. Those who see it will meet the creature's childhood best friend, his coach, some of his co-workers, and people who have been inspired by him. The famous uh, gecko caveman. Caverman also makes an appearance, uh, offering some cautionary tales about the price of fame. Now, Geico has been for years one of the TV's biggest advertisers, but in a twist, its recent TV commercial has tried to whet appetites for the documentary, which will run on YouTube with shorter version on TikTok. Geico will show a, a truncated version of the documentary across four 30-second ads that appeared during CBS pregame coverage of the Super Bowl 58 on Sunday in a bid to get people to seek out the long-form counterpart. Uh, Geico is expected to be a title sponsor one and a half hour leading into the big game. Since the Gecko debuted, many insurance advertisers have ramped up similar efforts. Now, uh, Geico's many characters, the company has revealed many figures and scenarios over the years uh, with progressive uh, the progressive flow, and uh, they, they had built a uh, character around her, uh, Allstate Mayhem State Farm Jake, and also Liberty Mutual and Farmers Insurance. Also, um, we're going to be talking about, uh, whoa, what time is it? Wow, we only got 16 minutes left remaining in the show. Uh, I'm going to take another music break, and when I come back, I'm going to give you, we're going to talk about the Grammys, uh, the winners, and the the unusual speech from Jay-Z, and also... One of a winner, a big winner of the night, who got arrested on the spot at the Grammys. So all those stories coming up after the music break. So don't go anywhere.
That was new music from Dua Lipa in Training Session. Matter of fact, she was the opening act of this year's Grammys, and she danced to that song and sang that song very well. And speaking of the Grammys, the women owned the night at the 2024 Grammys as females acts took home all the night televised awards, including Taylor Swift, who became the first person to win Album of the Year four times, Billy Eilish for Song of the Year, Miley Cyrus for Record of the Year, and Victoria Monet for Best New Artist. Phoebe Bridgers was the night top winner, picking up four honors, three with her band Boy Genius, as well as the Best Pop Duo Group performance for Ghost in the Machine with SZA, who also won three honors. Women walked into the show dominating the top three categories, scoring seven out of the eight nominations. Swift even used her Album of the Year speech to highlight another talented female musician, Lena Del Rey, who was seated at the same table during the ceremony. And despite earning 11 Grammy nominations, Del Rey has never gone home with a Grammy, and Swift brought the alternative pop singer on stage as she won the coveted award. The anti-hero singer previously won Album of the Year for Fearless, 1989, and Folklore. Her album Midnight's also won Best Pop Vocal Album Sunday, bringing her career total to 14. Celine Dion earned a standing ovation when she entered the stage to present the honor. The entire audience at the Crypto.com arena stood up for the iconic singer who has been battling a rare neurological disorder. Four different women won the top four Grammys, mirroring the 2021 Grammys when Swift, Eilish, Her, and Megan Thee Stallion scored the Big Four Awards. Sunday was also was a, a far cry from the 2018 event when only two female acts won awards during the live show, and Lord, the only woman nominated for Album of the Year, didn't get a performance slot. It was the same night former Grammy CEO Neil Portnow said women need to step up when asked backstage about the lack of female winners, drawing backlash that eventually led to his departure. Some men did win, some men did win during the show, but didn't shine in the same way as the women. Jay Z earned a non-competitive Grammy, the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. Other male winners were honored as collaborators to female performers. Uh, Phineas O'Connor, uh, Billy Eilish's brother, producer and co-writer, he won two awards alongside his little sister. Jack Antonoff, who scored his third Producer of the Year Grammy, shared two statuettes with Swift. Several male producers and engineers won Record of the Year with Cyrus, and Babyface, Leon Thomas, and others won Best R&B Song alongside SZA, who rates up to the stage to collect her honor and brace her friend and collaborator Lizzo, who presented the award. And Swift also played cheerleader throughout the evening, singing and dancing while most of the performers hit the stage, uh, from SZA to Olivia Rodrigo to Tracy Chapman, who surprised the audience by singing her hit Fast Car with Luke Combs, who is still having success with his cover version of the late 80s track. Uh, the country singer also bowed down to Chapman while Oprah Winfrey screamed from her seat. Jelly Roll and the war and treaty Michael Trotter Jr. was also visible excited as Chapman strummed her guitar as she and Combs traded vocals. Joni Mitchell developed a, uh, de- delivered a special performance, singing both sides now from a chair backed by Brandy Carlisle, Jacob Collier, and other illustrious, uh, lustrous musicians. The 80-year-old legend earned rousing applause from the audience, including Beyonce, Jay-Z, Meryl Streep. And during the Grammy pre-show, she won Best Folk Album for Joni Mitchell at Newport Live. Cyrus had a big night, winning her first pair of Grammys. Early in the night, she fangirled as Mariah Carey presented her with the Best Pop Solo Performance Album. And Victoria Victoria Monet, who was previously nominated for her writing and producing work for Ariana Grande and Chloe and Halle, won three honors, including Best New Artist. She also earned a huge ovation from the audience as her fellow nominees in the category, including The War and Treaty, and a teary-eyed Coco Jones cheered her on. Monet, who also won Best R&B Album for Best Engineer Album Non-Classical for Jaguar 2, said winning Best New Artist was a 15-year pursuit. SZA also had good days on her mind after the Grammy Awards. At Sunday Awards Ceremony, SZA was rushed to the stage after her performance to accept the award for Best R&B Song for her song, Snooze. 
during her acceptance speech, SZA's shock and gratitude was all, was on full display. Recounting the moments backstage beforehand, SZA said she was taking her sweet time changing because she didn't think of any of her nomination categories were up next. Leading to in, leading into the night, SZA was the most nominated artist, and the nerves were kicking in. Now that it's over, she feels nothing but gratitude. SZA wins the snooze off her 2022 SOS, Be Out ICU by Coco Jones, Angel by Holly, Back to Love by Robert Glasper, featuring Sir and uh, Alex Isley, and On My Mama by Victoria Monet. Jay-Z did not think twice in voicing his apparent disappointment with the Grammy Awards while giving a speech at the 66th annual event. The Dirt Off Your Shoulder rapper called out the award show over Beyonce's repeated album of the year, Snub. On Sunday night, the 54-year-old hip-hop artist made an appearance at the event, which took place again at the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. He attended a ceremony with his singer, wife, and their 12-year-old first child, Blue Ivy. And during the award show, Jay-Z stepped on a podium and took his daughter with him to receive an accolade as he was just honored with the second annual Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. In his acceptance speech, this is what he said. He said, quote, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than than everyone and never won Album of the Year, referring to his wife, Beyonce, who had been nominated for Album of the Year four times and never won despite her 32 wins in other categories. He continued by saying, quote, so even by your own merit, that doesn't work. Think about it. The most Grammys never won Album of the Year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you are going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. Some of you don't belong in a category. When I get nervous, I tell the truth. Forget the Grammys. you got to keep showing up until they give you all those accolades you feel you deserve, until they call you chairman, until they call you a genius, until they call you the greatest of all time. You feel me, unquote. Rapper Killer Mike has offered fresh details about his arrest at the 2024 Grammys and an investigation that led to a misdemeanor charge. The the rapper was detained at Los Angeles Crypto.com Arena after winning three Grammys during the premiere ceremony, where the majority of the awards are handed out, which took place at the nearby Peacock Theater. He won for Best Rap Song, Performance and Album, before being detained, handcuffed, and charged with misdemeanor battery following an apparent scuffle with the security guard that occurred outside of the Crypto.com Arena after the rapper collected his award at the Peacock Theater. And after being placed under arrest, the Atlanta-based rapper was questioned at the arena and then transported to LAPD Central Division where he was booked for a misdemeanor. Killer Mike thanks his fans for their goodwill messages. A source close to Killer Mike added on background that the altercation and arrest had been unduly hype. The Los Angeles Police Department did not respond to requests for common early Tuesday uh, morning. And fresh off winning her first Grammy, Carol G will be honored with another massive award. The the Colombian singer-songwriter will receive the 2024 Woman of the Year Award at this year's Billboard Women in Music Awards at the YouTube Theater in Los Angeles on March 6th. Carol G uh, catapulted to state-sized superstardom last year with her fourth album, Manana Sara Bonito, which became her first project to hit number one on the Billboard 200. Following its release, she supported the record with a sold-out North American Stadium tour, which made her the highest-grossing Latin touring artist of 2023. Additional honorees at the 2024 Billboard Women in Music Award hosted by actress Tracy Ellis Ross include Kylie Minogue, uh, Marin Morris, Ice Spice, Charlie XCX, Young Michael, Victoria Monet, New Jeans, Thames, and Louisa Sanza. Little John announced that he is set to release a guided medica- uh, meditation album Music insiders uh, close to the Atlanta-based producer talked to TMZ about his upcoming endeavors on Monday. The outlet reported that Lil Jon's latest LP will include 10 tracks and be very different from his signature crunk sound. 
Sources state that his guided meditation album accurately depicted who he is in 2024. And according to TMZ, Little John has embarked on a, on a fitness and wellness journey that per- prioritizes improving his internal health. While not confirmed, there is specifications that spe- specifications, speculation actually that fans may even see the King of Crunk during Usher's Super Bowl halftime performance on Sunday, February 11. Reportedly, Little John will use that momentum heading into his LP set to release on Friday, February 16. Lil John's last studio album and first solo album was 2010, Crunk Rock. And Megan Thee Stallion has teased fans with new music. The Houston Hottie, a preview, an unreleased song called Toxic by dancing to the track during an Instagram Live. During the Monday night, February 5th live stream, the 28-year-old delivered her bars while showing off her twerking skills. She was joined by two men in the clip who danced along and hyped her up. On the same day, Megan celebrated her song, Hiss, which she released on January 26th, along with its accompanying music video setting atop the Billboard 100 charts. Earlier that day, she shared her reaction to the achievement via X. Uh, Megan went on to thank everyone that took the time out of their week to go hard and make it happen. She said, quote, I love you, I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful. Like, Hiss is number one. Thank you for running it up, hotties, adding a slew of flame emojis. Let's keep it going hard and staying positive. Love y'all. Prior to the achievement, Megan revealed that she would be hitting the role in the summer of 2024 with the Hot Girl Summer Tour. Speaking to Good Morning America on January 30th, she spilled that she's going to have this. You're going to be having this tour this year. The Hot Girl Summer Tour is going to be 2024 summertime. And uh, Madonna has uh, treated her devotees to an additional date for her Celebration World Tour. A few months. Before concluding the tour, the Material Girl hitmaker announced when the last and final show will be held. On Tuesday, February 6th, the 65-year-old Queen of Pop made use of her Instagram account to reveal the dates and the capture of her new post. The last and final show is being added to Celebration Tour. It's going to be on April 9th in Miami. Tickets will go on sale on Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Madonna will kick off the Celebration World Tour at the O2 Arena in London in October 2023. And after making stops in several cities in Europe and North America, the Papa Don Priest singer is set to conclude the tour at Palacio de los Deportes in Mexico City on April 26. And uh, Jelly, uh, oh, oh, and then the uh, Beach Boys will be gearing up to bring good vibrations to the city near you. Uh, on Tuesday, the Surf Rock Group announced their Endless Summer Gold Tour, which is set to kick off on February 21st at the Hawaii Theater in Honolulu, Hawaii, and wrapped in October. And throughout the tour, the You Still Believe in Me and musicians will visit major cities like New Orleans, Los Angeles, and Nashville. Tickets for the tour will go on sale on Friday. Uh, for more information, visit MikeLove.com or TheBeachBoys.com. They, uh, the Beast Boys released their latest album, Sail on Sailor, and in April they will release their first ever book called The Beach Boys by The Beach Boys, which captured the group rise from a garage band in Hawthorne, California, to a household name. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Stay safe, be well, and make sure you tune in this Saturday, February 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern for my Valentine's Day show. It's going to be an all-music show where I play some of my favorite love songs and slow jams from my favorite recording artists. Make sure you tune in. Take care, have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.